We're all about strengthening women's personal lives. Welcome to Elevate Women with Aisha Skygates. Hello. Hello. I'm Aisha, and I want to welcome my fascinating author guest, August Jade Sterling. She holds a graduate degree from the Maxwell School of Syracuse University. And she sits, currently sits on the Human Services Advisory Board for Olmstead County. Part of her responsibility as a member of this board is to make sure women and their children are getting the services they need and to help them to break the cycle of poverty. Welcome, August Jade. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you, Miss Aisha Sky. <laughs> it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And I had a board meeting earlier this morning. <laughs> oh. So it was just a wonderful way to start the day and talking about women and getting them more empowered and making sure they're getting the services they need. Because if we can break a cycle of poverty, all of us are ahead. And that woman is so much better off. Yes. She's not dependent on anyone but herself. Yes. Thank you so much for the work that you do. And some of the work that you do is as a fiction writer. So (laughs) we have to talk about your new book, which is The American Duke Cross Lines twisted fate (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) and your synopsis begins with the words passing as white in america and unbeknownst to her a mixed blood american falls in love with a british aristocrat it's love at first sight well August Jade, I don't know. I don't know about this love at first sight thing. (laughs) Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Glance at someone across the room and say, ah, I'm in love forever? (laughs) Yeah. And specifically for your character, she, at this time that supposedly she, she just instantly fell in love, your character is already in hot water. She just learned that she isn't white. And that she and her family are in imminent danger. Yes. And it is the involvement of the character. When I started writing this book, first of all, I wanted to break some ceilings. Many times we only think of princesses, aristocrats, etc., as someone who's white. Blonde hair, blue eyes. No, no, no. So I had to get them from America. Mm-hmm. to Britain and in their official role and their part in the aristocracy. But I had to get them out of America. So obviously we had murder that followed. We had the children who find out they are not white mm-hmm. and uh, this, that shock to them. And then getting everyone safely across the water, because if anyone ever found out, they would probably be lynched on the spot. Mm-hmm. Now, this woman, um, uh, Anne, the Duchess, is also in the Underground Railroad. She's a mm-hmm. conductor. Mm-hmm. And she's traveling south to bring slaves to freedom and to help, help them to have a better life. Is the life perfect in the North? No. 
you're always on guard as someone who's a person of color. You are free in terms of they can't enslave you or you aren't enslaved. But there's always the fact that the white person thinks he or she is better. Mm-hmm. And then we cross the pond. Uh, the husband is killed. So now we have the son who is 29 and he's now a duke. And this gets the entire aristocracy up in arms because they have a, a duke who's not white. And they're saying, what is going on here? This lineage is not correct. You're supposed to be pure, da, 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 da. And all this garbage, which is basically garbage, because um, this is the Regency era, 1820, 1822. And we need, or we don't know, or we've forgotten that Queen Charlotte had recently died. And Queen Charlotte, the queen consul of George III, is black. She is. Um, this is real life. Yes, she is the product of Alfonso III of Portugal and his. Well, she's not the product. She's the direct line. She's in the direct line. Alfonso III and of Portugal and his mistress, Marana Gill, who is a Moor, Black, African. So we have this. <laughs> this gets better. She we have this wonderful woman who is black was now an aristocrat. But let's go back one step. Queen Charlotte had 15 children, 13 of which reached maturity. One was the father of Queen Victoria. Hmm. And Queen that in school. Great, great grandchild happens to be the present queen. And also was the great, great grandmother of the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> so this plays into what's going on now in terms of, no, they are not white. They are mixed. They've always been mixed. And allegedly there were two black queens of England. The other one was Philippa of Anault, and she was around in 1314. But no one knows what she looked like because they anglicized all the pictures. Uh They had to make her appear white. And the other note, which someone made, find interesting is that Charlotte, the city Charlotte is named after Queen Charlotte. (laughs) Really? Yes. And there is a statue of her in the international airport. I don't know how much it really looks like her, Mm -hmm. but it is there. So just a bit of trivia in case anyone says, okay, I'll remember that conversation by that one statement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is really fascinating, but we're not surprised that there's so much about our actual history, American history, British history, that we were very deliberately not told. Correct. And that's because of the bias of the time. And that's how they taught history. Mm -hmm. If they thought this was the correct way or they could leave something out, they couldn't tell you the truth. That was fine. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. And it behooves us now that we hope we're teaching history correctly to have some projects which we go back and re-examine certain things like slavery. We had Irish slaves here. We did. And, and they were brought to cohabit with the African slaves. Mm-hmm. So now we need to understand that slavery was not just black. Mm-hmm. It was a mixture. And these white slaves were told to reproduce with the black slaves and many, many African-Americans will find that they have an Irish heritage 
Yeah, not surprised again. Um, all peoples pass on their stories. The stories that leave us out, that is women, POCs, LGBTQ, and other marginalized peoples are meant to promote and justify holding power in just a few hands. Yes, and it is. The book says it's about greed, arrogance, power, and hate, and profit. So that's it in a nutshell, and it's the same thing that has happened then, it is happening now. Yes, indeed. They have the same motivating factors, and if they can suppress one group of people to supply the labor or put them down so they aren't achieving their maximum, they will do it. And they've been doing it for centuries. So we continue on the continuum. Let me say one thing. So someone's going to say, eventually, well, they couldn't marry. She couldn't marry this white man in America because Mm -hmm. the laws prevented it. And they are correct. That's why I take them offshore 240 miles in international waters. And under international law, if you're married on a ship that flies the flag of a country, that recognizes the marriage as legal, then the marriage is legal. So in the eyes of Great Britain, by the time they got to England, you know, or when they recognized them in Parliament and the king, they were legally married. And that's how the son inherited the dukedom. Very clever. (laughs) And as I recall, they had three ways of proving that they were legally married. Yes. Yeah. And two of them were illegal, of course, the marriage in the U.S. and the marriage in Canada. Mm -hmm. But the marriage on the high seas in international waters gave them the legitimacy they needed. That that they needed. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to read just a tiny bit from one of the reviews for your book. It says, August Jade Sterling does not disappoint as she blends the races within the American Duke. As in life, there are many who fight against blending cultures and miss the benefits. We only enrich ourselves in life, and we enrich ourselves even more by being with people who are different, who bring a different perspective to the table, who are open enough to discuss things. If you continue to live in a, I want to say, a little pod (laughs) of only my type, my kind, You have missed the enrichment of living. And the importance of living is to bring the best to each person and have them be the best. And if we don't do that, we fail ourselves and society in general. We have so much untapped women, untapped power, especially among women. Yes. And that if we don't start encouraging this power, to be explored and to blossom and to explode in the world in a positive manner, then we are going to continue to lose as we continue to fight things out with bombs and men who are only concerned about profits and I don't trust your opinion. Mm -hmm. And that is wrong. Blending is going to make you a richer person in so many different ways. Oh, thank you for that thought. So let's keep going on about women, strong women. Your book uh, is loaded (laughs) with women who stand right up there. So again, I'm going to read from one of the reviews. Her Grace, Anne, 
is a pistol packing woman who is devoted to her family. <laughs> she is a stronghold for the unfortunate and abused. His grace, his name is Sar, steps into his role as a duke, as if born for this position. The hardest part is protecting his family from the few who wish him dead and to find the mole within his shipping company. This novel focuses much on the developing love between Sara's sister, Meredith, and her protector, Lord Julian. A steamy romance with one of the most eligible bachelors makes Meredith another target to ensure there isn't a child within this family. <laughs> well, you see, it's the same thing that we've been dealing with for centuries. First of all, and pistol packing women. Number one, let's understand there were not organized police forces then. When the 1820s, they had to protect themselves. Her husband owned a huge shipping company. So she was always in the office. She had to know what to do. Furthermore, she was a conductor on the other underground railroad. So she had to be able to instantly protect herself. And along with that mantle, Mm-hmm. came the protection or thought of, I have to protect my family, love them and care for them. And while I am doing all this, I become a better woman, not because I'm shooting a pistol, mm-hmm. but because I can discern between right, wrong, good and bad, just injustices that should be corrected. So I am going to go and do my part I don't have to sit in the back row. It doesn't matter because if they find out who I am, they're going to kill me anyway. Yes. So you might as well live. That's right. So I might as well do what I can to correct the problem. Yes. Okay. So I hear intelligence and I hear emotional strength, not just that pistol she's packing. Oh, no. She, this is the importance for women to understand. And this carries on to us now is that if we are not strong emotionally, Mm -hmm. psychologically, spiritually, physically, we are going to lose and we cannot give our best to anyone else. Yes. The first thing to understand is that Anne loves herself unconditionally. Mm -hmm. If you do not love yourself unconditionally, you're cheating everyone. Mm -hmm. You are cheating everyone you come encounter with. And that includes the God of your heart, If you're with someone married or just a partner, that includes that person, your children, Mm -hmm. and you will never reach your full potential as a woman. The key here is to reach your full potential. It may not be my full potential, Mm -hmm. but that's okay because you're standing in your own power. Yes, standing in your own power. What you have to do is stand in your own power. Yes. Smile while you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, this uh, relates very strongly to Elevate Women's Mantra, which is, I have a right to my own personal happiness. That's right. And if you are not happy personally, forget it. You can just keep walking because you will never be that person you know Something inside of you is telling you you can be. 
Yes. There's that little, little voice inside saying, oh, no, you can do this in a different way, a better way. Yes. And when you start putting in the but this, but that, would have, could have, sit down and rethink your position. <laughs> Very good advice. <laughs> I have a, a little story I like to tell. I was out of graduate school, just out of graduate school, and I was inter- being interviewed by one of the big houses on Wall Street. And the man interviewing me said one thing, which probably determined one part of my fate right then and there. He said to me, do you know how to type? I said, pardon me? Do you ask the men that? And I left. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I left the interview. A year later, he is now head of the company. And he said, do you want to? He calls and he says, do you want to work for me? And no. But I thank you for calling. And I just, that was the way we left that conversation. (laughs) But it's little things that you wonder what gave me the strength to say, did you ask a man that? Or are you treating me the same as a man? Would I get the same salary? Mm -hmm. I am not going to play, sit here and play games with you and say, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm too short, too tall. Oh, no, 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 no. Those games are long gone and dead. Yes, that's right. You I'm standing you, in my own power. You definitely did. You stood up. And I hear in that anecdote that you realize you didn't owe him anything. You didn't owe him an explanation for your getting up and leaving or for your saying no. You owed him nothing. That's right. And that's another thing we need to look at. You don't have to make an explanation. Oh, I have to run home and do this, this. No, it's no. I'm leaving and because you have said something that has insulted me. Mm-hmm. You have not given my education any merit or worth. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to take that, which means that you wouldn't give me any merit in the workplace. My salary would be less than a man's. So I can't stay. Exactly. And that's all there is to it. (laughs) (laughs) It gets me in trouble a lot, but that's okay. (laughs) No, that's all right. I'd love it if you would talk about another female in your book. It's Beth. Beth's main interest is the business she's starting. Oh, well, Beth is our, I want to say she would be head of a major accounting firm today. She's organized, (laughs) meticulous, and she has this grasp of business worldwide, which was encouraged by her father who was murdered. And he said, my daughters must know the business inside and out, upside down, right side up, just Mm -hmm. as their brother. Mm -hmm. And this is something that really resonated with her. And she knew even then where her strengths were and she was going to pursue them and become the best CEO, CFO, or whatever the term would have been then besides owner of the company, she was going to become that. And Beth is just right on. She just goes right at it. Doom, doom, doom. And you look at her, where sister Meredith will ask you these pointed questions, and you think she's not listening, but she does in her own way. Yes. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. So... Now, relate to women today. Where do you think women stand relative to our mantra of, I have the right to my personal happiness? Where unfortunately, are unfortunately, I feel, in my opinion, that most women are still shortchanging themselves. Mm-hmm. 
they're trying to be a superwoman. I have to do this for this person, do this for the children, do this for my husband. Mm -hmm. Stop. You can't do it. The husband, you are earning as much or more than the husband. You need to sit down and say, we have to have an allocation of how we handle this, how we approach this, how we are influencing our children. Are we raising our girl children to be as strong as they can be? Are we raising our men children to respect that? We have to sit down, allocate, and you have to be a part of this picture. If you cannot be a part of the picture, then we need to have some serious discussions about our relationship and where we're going as a couple and where we're going as individuals. Because I will not be denied and I am not going to take on the mantle of um, this woman who's going to do 35,000 jobs, falling to bed at 11 o'clock at night, totally exhausted with nothing to say for myself, depleted. Depleted, yes. Yes, thank you very much. Love it. Are you currently writing? I finished the second, the sequel of the book. Oh. And the third one is being the final sequel or final book should be finished by the end of the year. So we're going to finish up The American Duke with a lot of surprises and a little twist here and there, which will keep you very excited. I hope anyone who's reading the book (laughs) and for all those of you who buy the book, I hope you enjoy the read because I enjoyed bringing these characters to life so they could (laughs) dance around the pages and dance through your hearts. Oh, they definitely do. So (laughs) I recommend the American Duke. How can people get in touch with you? Well, I'm at auguststerling at gmail.com, or you can find me at www.augustjsterling.com, my website, and the book can be found at amazon.com. It can be found at Barnes and Noble. So we're just (laughs) all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm very happy to have talked to you today. Thank you so much, August Jade. Thank you very much for having me. It's been so much fun. (laughs) And I hope that we were able to enlighten your listeners. I'm sure. (laughs) Thank you. Subscribe and keep listening to Elevate Women with Aisha Skygates. 